everyone but. <laughs> Why'd you stop? Wait, what? Because I slapped my knee. Hello, everyone. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the. Okay. Hey, welcome back to my YouTube video. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to my YouTube channel. Anyways, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the MNM podcast. As always, I am your host, Monacy. And I'm Meher. And. <sighs> Damn, are you forgetting something? <laughs> and we are joined by the wonderful, brilliant, show stopping, talented. Isa! <laughs> <laughs> You should add like audio. This is like, like like this in audio form. No, I'm just like, what's jazz hands in audio form? Like that. Oh, like 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 the harp little. Okay, no, so it's like a Buzzfeed video by the end of it. Yeah. Anyways, um, 2022 was an amazing year. We released a grand total of eight episodes. Um. Anyways, 2023 will be a great new year. We're making our resolutions to release more than eight episodes. Um, uh, anyways, let us get into the episode. Today we are talking about what has been happening in Iran, the protest revolt starting with um, the tragic events of Masa Amini, and so much more information. Following the recent news, you would have definitely heard about Masa Amini, a 22-year-old who died in police custody for not wearing her hijab appropriately, which violated this quote-unquote dress code for Iranian women, and this sparked many protests and a lot of global awareness that followed. The events regarding Masa Amini, although seeming as though it was a dramatic first-time resurgence for women's leadership and women's rights, was not entirely a new thing. In fact, these types of revolts and rebellions and forms of protest have gone back in Iranian history, especially when we pay attention to the government style that they've had since the implementation of their new constitution in 1979. Ever since the implementation of Sharia law in the functioning of the legal world in Iran, women's rights have been increasingly taken away from the immediate 1979 rescindment of the family protection law, aka regarding women's rights to divorce, to the removal of a woman's custody of her own child. Since this constitution came into play, women in Iran have suffered, and the population has taken note of this. Protests have sparked from 19, the 1978 protest to the protests in 2009, 2012, and 11, 2018, all the way up to the protests today in 2021-2022. The protests which are occurring right now did not start from Mahasa Amini herself. They started from protests due to water shortages, to a hike in wheat prices. Irani individuals have been suffering from bad economic situations, along with a government which doesn't fully support the right of its people. All this has congregated into a protest for the history books, resulting in at least a recorded 18,000 arrested. 
So these new protests that have happened involved a lot of women burning their hijabs and shaving their heads and as a symbol of solidarity and independence for their choice and the phrase Zan Zindagi Azadi, which translates to women, life and freedom became really popular. But these protests weren't exactly met in peaceful ways. Uh, protesters are often tear gassed, arrested, there have been social media blackouts and with international attention, the Iranian government has disbanded the morality police, but these protests are still going on and the hijab, hijab mandate is still in place. The disbandment of the morality police was a very big move for Iranian protests, as the protest of 2009 was a great example of large protests that didn't have nearly as much attention internationally, which resulted in not as much quote-unquote success. Although the people banded together, the full moves, the full changes on a structural level occurring during these protests is very significant for not only history in Iran, but history in the Middle East and the globe as a whole when pertaining to human rights violations. When paying attention to protests in Iran, even the government that they live in and function with today came as a result as a form of protest. The Iranian population is one which very greatly believes in the power of their own voices. The government themselves, the one which resulted in a constitution that implemented the Sharia law, came as a result of several thousands protesting the previously secular Western-oriented king. The protests so violent and so aggressive, martial law was implemented. Hundreds died for the cause of bettering in their eyes, at that point in time, their government. As at that point in time, the previous government, that of the Shah, was known for not fully meeting the people's needs, not fully respecting their judicial roles. This government restructuring which occurred in 1979 was for the better of the people at the time, but as the government progressed and as religion became further and further embedded in the functioning of Iran, the population decided the population to recognize the way that this didn't benefit everybody. And therefore, in 2009, there were Iran presidential protests where people protested against irregularities in voting and an alleged false re-election of Ahmadinejad. This these protests, although seeming at a surface level being about presidential corruption, were an overarching shift in the population. At that point in time, one of the first chants of death to the dictator began, almost as though it was the beginning of the end of the people's belief in their new republic. So to give a little more context on the president and how the Iranian government works, the president is involved in the more smaller day-to-day -day decisions that regard administration and enforcement of laws. It is actually the supreme leader who makes the more important decisions which determine the direction that the country takes, part of that being other, like appointing other significant leaders. He is elected by an assembly of experts and is chosen based on a religious standard and also has to fulfill this religious merit throughout his time in service. And that assembly of experts is selected by these Iranian voters. This whole process is similar to the way the electoral college works in the US. Right, but while these laws inherently are coming from places of religious ideology, it's important to distinguish between the religion and the laws because associating the protests directly with religious beliefs can lead to the ostracization of Muslim individuals who don't align with these ideologies. Islam has a spectrum of 
different beliefs. So keep in mind that inherently the issue here is not the hijab, it's the lack of choice that the women have to wear the hijab. And when paying attention to how this affects women and how it affects the choice of women as opposed to simply the hijab itself, it can be related to the overturning of Roe v. Wade in the United States. The problem that's occurring to women internationally right now is the reduction of their own sense of choice. And it's important to separate one's opinion about religion in that regard. Although religion cannot be completely excluded from this equation, especially paying attention to how the government functions and where these laws are coming from, this blame cannot be attributed to Muslim individuals and the religion of Islam itself. Right, it is so important to um, acknowledge the whole nuance that follows up within all of these issues and it is very small-minded to simply blame a group of people or a religion for many developments, especially with a problem like women's rights that continues to be so prominent everywhere around the world. These protests against this regime and protests against this political style and laws have had major implications for Iranians and for the world. When paying attention to the actions that the Iranian people have taken against their government and against laws set in place by their government, there are major implications to be found for not only the Iranian people, but for the world. When we pay attention to actions taken, such as internet control and social media blackouts, seemingly smaller actions a government can take, however, this concept demonstrates how the government will not stop themselves from hindering the free speech of their people. Further, when paying attention to tear gas, when paying attention to physical violence against their people that the Irani government has demonstrated that they will partake in to silence people that only want the best for their fellow constituents, the Irani government has set a precedent that the people will stop at nothing to fix. The murder of Mahasa Amini is simply the beginning of the end for treatment like this for Irani individuals. Thousands of protesters arrested, hundreds murdered, tear gas on individuals that may not even be involved with the protest on the street. People are being attacked and they are not being decentivized. The implications of this resonate beyond simply Iran itself. For the 2022 to 2026 term in the UN Commission on Women, Iran has been removed. They were taken away as a result of a decision made by the UN because their treatment of women and the decisions they have made for 50% of their constituents was not satisfactory for a commission that simply looks for basic human rights. Iranians are struggling and Iranians are suffering. This is not the first protest they have ever had, and sadly, it probably will not be their last. However, that does not stop it from being a heavily impactful one. And the impacts which came from this can definitely be attributed to international knowledge and international individuals gaining understanding of the situation and the people impacted. To further the sheer significance of the fight of the Irani people, it's important internationally all the global citizens are aware of what's happening and are supporting the Irani people, the Irani women through this time. It is especially important to keep this momentum going. So many social issues come up and fall down within a few months, forgotten in the eye of new news or just time passing, and we cannot let that continue with those issues 
and this as well. This is why it's so important for us as a society to keep remembering all these past events and with the case of Iran, don't let the disbandment of the morality police stop this from continuing. We have to ensure that we keep this awareness and activism going so that we can continue to support Iranian women and Iranians so that changes can continue to be made and progress can still happen. Bottom line is disbanding the morality police is not enough. Protesters are still being arrested, tear gas is still being deployed, and their social media is still controlled. More international pressure would mean that more of these mandates could be changed, potentially. Now you're probably wondering what are some ways that you yourself can help. There are several nonprofits, namely United for Iran, which is accepting donations, and this builds technology such as apps and web resources to help continue to help Iranian society. And another fundraiser is also the Women's Committee of the National Council of Resistance of Iran, which continues work against gender-based inequalities. The Iranian American Women Foundation accepts funds to aid their platform for supporting younger generations of Iranian women in the U.S. and across the world. Such trauma occurring to individuals in specifically Iran can extend to people who are refugees from it, to people which may be descendants of individuals in Iran, having family still there. It's important that all aspects of Iranian people which may be affected by this receive some forms of support. If you cannot donate, that is understandable. Just continue to say their names, continue to stay informed, continue to spread the word so that we do not let this issue be forgotten. Keep in mind that it was due to international pressure that the morality police was dis disbanded in the first place and we are that international pressure. We have to continue that advocacy and awareness in order to properly promote and support Iranians. And remember, not just with this, but with any issues anywhere around the world. From 1978 and going back hundreds of years before that, the Iranian people have demonstrated nothing but resilience and but a sense of community, a sense of betterment. And it is up to everyone, whether that person be Irani or not, to showcase their support and to further the impact of these individuals fighting so hard. It's forever significant that the people we center in our statements about this in any way that you may personally share about Mahasa Amini, about these protests, you make sure that above all, you are centering and you are, you are centering and you're uplifting the Irani people and you are working towards all betterment for Irani society. As has been mentioned previously by Madasi, we cannot forget that all of the significant impacts of this fight, all of the things that make these protests unique, the disbanding of the morality police, the international attention, comes from international pressure. And we cannot forget our place as that international pressure. In the description of this podcast, we have linked um, the organizations for which you could donate if you can. And we've also linked uh, several resources for you to educate yourself on this issue so that you can be this international pressure and continue to advocate for the rights of Irani people. Thank you so much everyone for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something and I hope that you also feel empowered to help in whichever way you can because remember every small thing counts because it really adds up. Um, this was Modesty. This was Meher. And this was Isa. <laughs> <laughs> and that was this episode of the Eminem podcast. Until next time. Bye for now. Bye.
Um, wait, let me think. Hold on. I'm having a mental... I knew... <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, send back my alarm. Don't worry about that, guys.